Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Hello and welcome to the China Shop. Get everybody inside right now. That is a directive. I'm shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, the creator of FinancialIneptitude.com. Kyle, how are we doing today? Oh, man, I had the victory snatched from my hands today. I was so excited. I thought I was going to win the M period challenge today. Oh, yeah, yeah. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. (laughs) It was Uh, uh, JM, right? Yeah, congratulations, JM. Tip of the cat, bud. Yeah. Tip of the cat. Begrudgingly. Begrudgingly, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I was negative, so uh, you're both looking good where I was sitting. As I think this might have been my first positive one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because you get halfway into it and you're like, somebody's like, oh, I'm up 20 points. Like, shit, I've only had three. Now I got to really press it. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, when we do it on the NASDAQ, half mm-hmm. of my knowledge goes out the window because I'm not watching uh, that thing. Yeah. And I can't read that DOM that fast. I don't think that DOM reading exists on NQ. I think we uh, I think we got to turn tick compression on to have a shot of making that make sense. Okay, I, we'll have to talk about what tick compression is off air. Right. <laughs> anyway, it's come on in the shop with us today. Sit back, relax, hedge against the rage machine. We'd like to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here smashing our way through a complete set of fine china, sharing all of our strategies that we possibly find for trying to maximize gains and cut losses. If you are new to the shop and stock trading in general, you can always check out our knowledge and resource centers on financialineptitude.com. Also, just uh, give one of our many beginner trading episodes a listen. We'll have all those links down in the episode description. But the best place to be, head on over to our Discord server. We get on there just about every day with a ton of really amazing, awesome people. It's totally free Discord. No paid tiers or special access areas. Because fuck that shite. (laughs) When you do join the server, send us a private message or email with your mailing address so we can send you some smash it yourself swag straight from the shop shop. The shop shop. The shop shop shop. Uh, (laughs) Really great stuff in there. Yeah. Uh, And we're just really glad everybody's here. It's a lot of fun. Always better with friends. And speaking of wonderful times with friends, Kyle, any show news to report? Uh, Quite a bit, actually. Uh, We've got the episode with Mr. Banks, co-founder of Vanta Trading. It's his first ever appearance. It'll be out on Monday. Oh damn! I love first ever cherries. Yeah, that is that is. Uh, thank you, Mr. Banks. Yeah. Uh, the week after that, we've got Kevin Jefferson, who is a forex trader. Uh, after that, we'll have Jerry Paul, senior VP of fixed income and portfolio manager of the Icon Flexible Bond Fund. Whoa! Uh, That's a mouthful. Yeah, I know. Was, I only took half the titles too. There was like two or three more <laughs> kind of thrown in there. But uh, I've never talked to a Forex expert. I've never talked to a bond expert. So I'm looking forward to, to hearing more about some of the different, like how they trade those assets. Oh, those would uh, be some really interesting discussions. Yeah. And then the other big news is that the next mini series is going to be starting in July, focusing on learning how to trade options. Uh, Eric Smolinski from ES Invest is going to be the uh, professor of that one. And then Blaine McCauley of the Penny Lane podcast is going to participate in that with me. So oh, fun. That should be a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 
cross culturing and Eric's really solid trader. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. So it'd be fun, fun to learn from him. And I love the honesty that Blaine brings too. She's uh, she kind of embodies the same spirit that we do here. So fantastic to do that one. All right. Well, stick around folks. Those are going to be some uh, really, really juicy episodes. But today we've got a sinister, synaptic, sinful episode for you. Lots of market moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and brighter futures than a pirate who just got the black spot. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, foreshadowing. Yeah. Oh, oh is grim. that what you sent me the other day? Uh, excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Did, did okay. you get a piece of paper in the mail? Are you worried? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> Think that might have might have come from me. I would. I, mean, I would never. Never. That. I mean, I, w- I never served on a sailing vessel with you, Kyle. Right. Okay. <laughs> it wouldn't be right for me to do it because we weren't shipmates. So if you got a black spot, look elsewhere. I don't know. I just had your return address. You know, I lots of people live in this house. I'm not even here all the time. Who knows who could be here? Oh, God. All right. Anyhow, all right, all right, all right. Uh, moving on. Reach out to us. We do love your messages and comments on Twitter and Facebook uh, over on our Discord server. Got that link in the episode description. If you're old school, you can even send an email to two bulls at financialineptitude.com. That's the number two, B-U-L-L-S, at financialineptitude.com. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Maybe you're just an average, everyday billionaire playboy trying to hire Nick Cage for your birthday party only to have him show up and turn your life upside down. Wow. Wait, what? Wow. What movie was this? Yeah. New or old? It's a newer one. I got nothing. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Is that the name of the movie or are you just give me a hint? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of that. Yeah, never heard of that. Nick no. Nicholas Cage and Pedro Pascal. Um, Nicholas Cage is actually the main character playing himself, Nicholas Cage. Oh, nice. So Pet- he's really Pet- stepping out of the out of his comfort zone, huh? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah really, really out of it. Really flexing those chops. <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway. All right. Shall we uh, talk about those stupid bet results? Uh, no, nah, I think we should skip Ending it out the week. month of June. I think we should skip it. Okay. All right. Ooh. Oh man! Or should no. we, I should say, should we start with the consequences? Yeah, okay. That we I had think we from uh, yeah. last month. Yeah, we might as well do that. All right. Okay. So I was tasked with writing the beginning part of Random's backstory. This will be going up on the website uh, under the Meet Our Team uh, by this weekend. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, so Random's journey began as a simple croupier manning the roulette wheels at a big name casino on the Strip in downtown Vegas. While working a late shift, he had a chance meeting with Atlanta Fed President Raphael Bostic, who was in town for an FOMC team-building event. During their encounter, (laughs) Random impressed Bostic by giving him some of his favorite stock picks, which ultimately ended up with Bostic offering Random a job as a handler of his investment portfolio. The (laughs) The Cinderella story ended abruptly in 2021, since an algorithm has a limited understanding of blackout periods, and he continued to place trades in Bostic's <laughs> name during those times. <laughs> it's Random's fault. <laughs> when we at the China shop learned of Random's sudden availability, we jumped at the opportunity. Yes. Random's history of unrelenting bullishness in the face of even the scariest of bear markets have made him an ideal candidate to take over as the lead analyst and as the unofficial third bull. Yes, yes, yes. All true, all true. <laughs> and embracing his new position... Uh, Random delved into the world of stock analysis with fervor, uh, armed with his expertise, honed, he honed his skills as an analyst, providing insightful and bold investment recommendations <laughs> to the podcast's listeners. Not recommendation. Uh, not advice. Not advice. <laughs> Wait, can, infectious that, optimism. <laughs> nobody can sue Random, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm suing the concept of a random number, Your Honor. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. With Where his infectious Where was I? Optimism? With his infectious optimism, Random's unique perspective and ability to spot hidden gems in the market 
resonated with the China Shop's audience, drawing in more listeners and expanding the podcast's influence. Fuck you, Random. <laughs> As a stock <laughs> analyst for the podcast, Random's journey continued to evolve, presenting him with exciting opportunities to share his knowledge, sharpen his analytical skills, and make a lasting impact on the financial world. Using his patented coin flip methodology <laughs> and following his strict in on Monday, out on Friday positioning, the string of wins just keep racking up. His, oh his journey from the roulette tables of Las Vegas to the forefront of the stock market showcases the power of passion, adaptability, and the unwavering belief in the potential of the bull market. Oh, why couldn't our bios be that good? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck me all right uh, why okay. can't why can't my trading be that good uh, Kyle? i know, I know. <laughs> god he was supposed to be a benchmark not a <laughs> not an aspiration <laughs> all right should i talk about the results yeah let's let's see how we did for june all right. Well, our ringer gave us a great pick. Uh, it would have gotten us close for the win. Uh, I'm not sure if we would have actually hit it or not. What, but, what do you mean? Oh, uh, well, unfortunately, we were supposed to pick a different planet coin. Uh, we picked planets. Uh, we were supposed to pick the one that was trading on the Mexican exchange, or the MEXC, I think it was. Oh, God. So, yeah, uh, Flurry messaged me immediately after hearing the release and saying that we were quoting the wrong prices. So, yeah, it was a little late by then. Oh, no. Yeah, so we bought the wrong shitcoin. Uh, it was also right at the top, and it finished the week with a lot less than what we started with. So okay. <laughs> no need to really relive that moment. <laughs> Random went with RBC, which was some kind of weird bearing company that had that massive volume spike. Opened the week yeah. at $210.83. Closed on Friday at two seventeen forty seven, giving Random $532.37. Random made 6% this month. Yeah. Yeah. Random destroyed us. Actually, we God. were hanging in there until that last pick. We would have actually been green if we had gone with the right coin. Uh, but, you know, that shit happens. God damn it. We never How claimed we to be good that? at this. <laughs> <laughs> How come the random factors never work in our favor? I don't know. You would have thought. <sighs> to be fair, though, we could have probably dumped 20 to $100 of our own money in there and pumped that coin up right before the close because there was so little liquidity on that thing. <laughs> like the it. hourly charts full of like gaps. It looks like the, the chart for <laughs> our other shit coin that we have, uh, the Skydles. I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to sell my Skydle, much less buy another shit. Coin. I know that that's I, I tried to look it up. I tried to find it on my MetaMask wallet and I couldn't find it in there either. So, yeah, just have to eat the L, I guess. Fuck. So finish one set of consequences and have to turn around and do another. How many months in a row is this? Uh, I think we're turning three now. Goddamn. Okay. Yeah. We need we need a new strategy. We, yes. We yes. need to sit down off air and develop a new strategy because this ain't it. Well, yeah. Um, picking losing stocks is definitely our Achilles heel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or actually, we're good well, at that. Yeah. Well, you know. Okay. I, uh, I get great entries. It's just the wrong way. Okay. So what we do then is whatever we decide we want to do. Mm -hmm. We just flip it. If we want to go long at that point, we'll just go short there. Let's see if that works. No, 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 no. I've got some ideas that we'll brainstorm. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, should we move on to the news segment then? Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about some news. Dow drops deep on moving inflation, COVID frustration, war damnation. We're just bringing you the fucking news. You gotta recognize the game if you don't wanna lose. We're just skipping to bulls, trading information. Yeah, we Rioters raiding, insider trading, taxes are raising, bills on the hill. We got a crypto mill, no, they ain't growing weed. When the Fed speaks today, it's some shit we don't need. Sing it, man. Two bulls trading information. What? Two bulls trading information. I'm inclined to agree. Two bulls trading information. That is accurate. Very accurate. What information? Okay, what do you got for, for uh, stories here? Inflation is down in Europe, Kyle. Wait, what? Yeah. Really? Uh, oh, sorry. 
Excuse me. Okay. That headliner's a a, a, a misnomer. The inflation growth slowed. Oh. Oh. Okay. Oh. Okay. That makes more sense. The 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 rate of how much it's inflating has slowed. Right. So, woohoo! Uh, yeah. <laughs> the uh, consumer prices in the eurozone were up about five and a half percent this month, down from being up six point one percent in May. Hmm. So. Yeah. Sounds like they need to redo their calculation. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, uh, core inflation, when you take out food and energy prices, mm-hmm. uh, was was up. And yeah. according to Christopher Weil, a senior economist at Commerce Bank, uh, there this was all because of a statistical anomaly. Last year, there was a, a temporary introduction of cheap public transport tickets in Germany, oh. which is the EU's biggest economy. So oh, la- really? last year, the prices were artificially cheap. And mm-hmm. so he's saying... Uh, the, Once the again, fact- the Germans ruin it again. They ruin everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah apparently, <laughs> the main dri- main drivers are alcohol, tobacco, and food. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and crazy enough, this is, this, is, this is wild. Sweden actually has a competition watchdog that came out Tuesday and said that the sticker price of eggs had risen by more than what can be justified by costs. Good. Though they haven't fr- had firm conclusions they're investigating now. Oh, can uh, they come here too? Because eggs are getting <laughs> expensive. You're getting expensive again? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, would, it would be nice to know, right? Yeah. So how expensive it, are eggs in Sweden? No, no, no clue. No clue. But if you're an egg manufacturer... Mm-hmm. And you have the avian flu like we had and all the supply chain issues. Mm-hmm. And you notice that while your supplies are down, like shit, people are people are still buying a dozen eggs at eight, seven dollars a dozen. <laughs> right. Right. Like they don't forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's just it's put like, it that way. It's like the first <laughs> bounce is to like get you used to the idea. Then you bring it back a little bit. So everyone's like, okay, they come back down and then you bring it up again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now Sad. that they're used to it. Yeah. Yeah, my HOA on this new house does not allow backyard chickens. I did look and <laughs> I tried to convince Jamie Lynn to let me turn one of the bedrooms into a chicken coop. Oh, oh you, I don't put them in the house. Ooh, don't do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. She said that was a non-starter. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. I wouldn't have chickens <laughs> in the house, but I did want backyard chickens for sure because the price of eggs. Yeah, like, I'd rather just feed them food, chicken food, scraps, and water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, what do you got? Um, let's see. Have you ever heard of the Magnificent Seven? Um, is isn't that a movie? Not the movie, but a yes, it was movie? a movie. It was a samurai movie and a '60s western and the 2016 remake. But no, not any of those. No, this is referring to the list of top market performers: Nvidia, Tesla, Alphabet, Apple, Meta, Microsoft, and Amazon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. These seven stocks have accounted for almost all of the market's gains in 2023. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, Amazon have all climbed between 35 and 55%. Apple uh, says on the brink, but it actually did hit today. I think uh, the first company ever to hit 3 trillion valuation. So wow. John Hoosman, the president of Hoosman Investment Trust, he's a uh, Apparently, he called the market crash in 08, which how many others did he call that didn't happen? That's the one I want to know. But anyway, uh, it says, if you want my opinion on the bull bear debate, uh, which will change as market conditions change, my impression is that the current market advance is narrow and selective, is a narrow and selective speculative blow off or a bear market rally driven by fear of missing out on the resumption of a bubble that is actually in the early stage of collapse and that the equity market is likely to suffer profound losses over the completion of the full market cycle. Wow. So, yeah, uh, there's a lot of worry when they're very tech heavy. All these stocks are tech stocks. The Fed is talking about raising interest rates again, and that's never good for tech. But when we're so concentrated in those types of companies, that's really not a, it's not a great sign for a, what seems to be a bull market. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know what? I also think with all of the uncertainty going on in the world, 
mm-hmm. the same effect that's causing movie studios to almost exclusively do sequels and reboots. It's like so so much safer. Oh, like the Magnificent Seven. They're the safe. There's stocks. a psychological idea of like, well, <laughs> Amazon's not going away, right? Right. Apple's yeah. not going to go away. So if I'm just buying and holding, I should just put it in one of those. Right. Or in several of those. Spread it out between which ones I like. Yeah. Like, no, uh, that makes sense. They, they, they're, they're, they're almost like critical mass. Like, that's why we're getting all the growth there is because people, people right now, you don't want to take a risk with your money. Recession right. looming? Shit. I want to invest, but I don't want to do it with a risk. <laughs> Might as well take the ones that are going up, 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 holding everything together. Well, especially, I mean, think think about it too. It's like what we know from ETFs. If you're just buying the NASDAQ ETF or the S&P mm-hmm. ETF, they're weighted heavy in the Magnificent Seven. Yep. So I buy more yep. of those. Guess what gets bought more of? Yeah, it just kind of keeps filling it. It's like a... Yeah, so... so self, yeah. Maybe they, maybe they can't crash because of that. I, I don't know. I don't either. But it seems like that upward pressure... Uh, it exists, and as long as everybody doesn't like freak out and sell at the same time, I guess that's what it would take. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how those happen, right? <laughs> that's exactly how it's the panic. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not uh, I'm not saying short anything by any means, but it is something concerning and something I think to pay attention to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a as a day trader, um, I don't care if it goes up or down. Exactly. Uh, uh, that's where I want to be. <laughs> right. Right. What else you got for for news? Speaking of reasons why you might uh, start uh, having less money and maybe start having to sell off your portfolio, uh, student loans are going to begin again in October. So they aren't forgiven? They are not. Uh, They were, the Biden administration tried to do it, was struck down by the Supreme Court, not going to take effect. So, okay. Uh, uh, payments resume in October, interest rates start accumulating on September 1st. And if that doesn't tell you anything about the student loan game, I don't know what will. Well, shit. So I shouldn't have, uh, taken out that loan after that passed. That's right. Right. As soon as you heard that, you took out that student loan. Oh yeah. I mean, you had that Pell Grant just waiting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. Mr. GI Bill. Uh, <laughs> which never yeah, got used. So, so right, you didn't have to. They trained you. Yeah. Uh, uh, apparently, about one in five student loan buyers uh, have at least two risk factors that, that suggest that they uh, they're going to struggle when these resume. Right. Uh, like uh, a risk factor, like having already been delinquent before the pandemic, mm-hmm. or uh, multiple student loan servicers. Like you don't just have them through Fannie Mae, but you also have a couple private ones. Oh that shit! Kind of thing. Ooh, yeah, that's never fun. I actually set mine up to pay the. Pro- I have one private, and it got paid off first, and it's already gone. So now, yeah. Uh, uh, Can they garnish your? Or is it garnish your wages? Is that the right term? I I'm I'm not sure. Uh, I believe they can. I know bankruptcy won't get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's not surprising. Yeah, <laughs> it's a special debt. <laughs> uh, uh, so that I mean that's. We're and we're in a spending economy. Like so people are having to pay more for eggs now. Uh, everybody's got to pay back those student loan payments again. Spending this is going to affect spending. This yeah, watch that be the thing that takes us into a recession, <laughs> right? Like we, yeah, we resume <laughs> student debt. Yeah. Uh, uh, come come October, we'll we'll see what happens. Starts happening to retail. Right. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Well, speaking of uh, money disappearing, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. apparently China's hiding like $3 trillion worth of foreign currency in their, uh, quote, shadow reserves. What? They could buy Apple? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is almost half. They could half, pay cash tomorrow. Wow. This is almost half of their currency reserves, and they're basically hidden. So they had been reporting them. They reported $3.12 trillion in foreign assets last December, but the estimates are think that they're actually sitting at somewhere around six trillion wow yeah uh the way that uh let's see who is this um sester who are you sester it's a treasury official 
Former Treasury Department official Brad Sester said that uh, China is so big that how it manages its economy and currency matters enormously to the world. Yet over time, the way it manages its currency and foreign exchange reserves have become much less transparent, creating new kinds of risks for the global economy. So one of the things they point to is a sudden pause in their reporting activity. So from 2002 to 2012, their exchange reserves were rising steadily as a central bank was buying U.S. dollars assets. Mm -hmm and mm -hmm. the wand from appreciating too much. They do that to keep their exports cheap. Yeah. But over the last 10 years, somehow those reserves stopped rising, which is puzzling because China's trade surplus has continued growing and currently stands at an all-time high. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, yeah, okay. That was not, just like, yeah, and that's how much you get to know about. Right, yeah. So just as China has shadow banks, uh, which are financial institutions that act like banks, take risks that a bank might not normally take, but aren't regulated like banks, China has what might be called shadow reserves. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's wow. a large chunk. So if we really want to pull liquidity from the market, it sounds like we just need to get China on board. Forget the Fed. Well, it's no, it sounds like they can dump liquidity into the market. Well, they can do that too, I guess, anytime they want. <laughs> they could. They, oh, shit. Yeah. How, China plays did, a long game too. When this, did, yeah, they do. When did me. they start hiding it, Kyle? How long ago was it? 2012. So for the last 10 years, they've been hiding it? Mm-hmm. And when did inflation hit? Uh, it would have been right around COVID, right? 2020? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to put on too big of a tinfoil hat here, but like, what if the COVID outbreak inflation is them toppling us? Oh. Like super long game. They're, they're like, because the longer it goes, like, uh, this is just a fact. The longer it goes, we don't know where it came from. And it looks more and more likely that it did come from a lab. It does. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah. That's just facts. Yep. That's where we're at. Uh, uh, comes from a lab in China. China's been been sucking up all this American cash. What, what if they just start dumping it, jumping it out there, just completely devalue our currency? Wow. I don't know. Would that work like that? Or Could they do that? I don't know. How 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 would that look? Is that possible? I mean, I I have no idea. I mean, I just... Like if you're on... You need to, that Forex expert. Like yeah. if, if you were to just go to every Forex exchange and be like, hey, I'm, I'm selling dollars... Selling yeah. dollars here. Can you imagine that Dom lighting up with three million or three trillion dollars worth three trillion three trillion on the on the ask on the bid. Oh yeah, right, <laughs> right. Offer Mar market offer three trillion. Oh my god! It would slam. Okay, no that that is how they would do it, and they could do it. Ah, there's got to be something that stops that from happening. Let's hope so. Yeah, let's hope I'm wrong. Gotta right? be. Maybe I'm be. just some crackpot on a podcast. <laughs> He's been smoking a little too much weed. I have been we consuming marijuana. <laughs> not advice. Not advice. But you know what is not advice? What's that? These are advertisements. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back. Fresh off a rebrand and ready to help is Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. Okay, now what? Song and some some stocks? Yeah, let's talk about some stock news. Stock time! Now it's talk about stocks time. Looking for setups and still not advice. Big moves, fresh news, and earnings. All that was saying it's still not advice. I actually do think that's possible and plausible. I, I, I just wonder how there's got to be something that stops that from happening, right? Because otherwise it would have happened already, I would think. Well, what if they're doing it slowly? 
What if they've done it to other countries? Well, according to Ian Fraser, isn't that what the EU did to Turkey? Oh, is that what happened? I don't remember that. I'll have to go back and listen to that conversation. Yeah, he talked about uh, uh, two of the countries in the EU offloading all their debt onto Turkey, <laughs> like using bank maneuvers. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah. Jesus. Anyway, stop news. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, this might affect some stocks because if there's a brain injury, uh, the leadership will falter or, oh, or get better. Uh, apparently the, the, there's rumors, the Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, uh, cage match it's happening. And, uh, they're trying to, some people it's are trying really to make happening? it happen in the Coliseum. Oh, wow. That happens in the Coliseum. That, that'd be really neat. Yeah. It does appear to be happening. How weird is this? I didn't think Musk had any sort of experience with any type of martial arts, but apparently like I saw his trainer posting videos and saying he was impressed by his strength and skill and all this other BS. Holy shit. This is just incredible. Uh, Um, At the Coliseum though. Here's the sick thing. Here's the sick thing that I realized. Hmm. Um, How much money they're going to make from this? Because I would, I'm like, how much is it? I'm in like, where, where do I, where to sign up? Like, I want to watch, I want to watch both of these guys get punched in the face. And the fact that they're doing it to each other is just more delicious. Yeah. And then I realized like, wait, if everybody's like me, holy fuck, they're going to get, they're going to get a hundred million hate watchers at 50 bucks a pop. Yeah. Floyd Mayweather made a great career out of that. Right. I remember watching the Mayweather McGregor fight with you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just wanting to see McGregor land one solid fucking punch. Just get Uh, it, just get it, man. Fucking MMA fighters don't know how to throw a boxing punch, man. They really don't. He did. He did better than I thought he would. He did. He did. He did. Anyway, anyway, um, yeah, uh, and then I'm I, I I go back around hoping that this is a way for that Elon Musk is going to unveil his Neuralink. Yeah, uh, me too. I'm I'm hoping that he's going to give the game controller to some like South Korean who's going to like control his fists and legs. <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> Racist, some twelve-year-old tournament right. champion. Yeah, uh, exactly. Like, right, just goes out, destroys Zuckerberg, and he's like, "So my new Neuralink, you just all got to see it in action." <laughs> yeah. oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, that'd be fucking amazing. Be amazing. AI, AI will continue to soar. Right. AI investment. Ah, and what do you, what do you got for us? Well, I've got a couple of them. One is we finally have flying taxis. What? It has taken forever, but uh, somebody like a, like a drone will pick me up. It's it's uh, it looks like a drone. Yeah, it's Joby, J O B Y stock. Uh, it's up forty four percent after they received their permit to begin flight tests. Whoa! Uh, uh, they launched their production line, expected to deliver the first ever EVTOL aircraft, which I think that is vertical takeoff and landing. The E is probably electronic or electric, be my guess. Yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, the stock's trading at nine oh nine per share as of Wednesday. Uh, I'm not sure what the actual ticker is though. I don't have it is, listed in here. Is there is there a pilot for these things? I don't really say. Uh, oh, the ticker is Joe Joby. Anyway, okay. Um, J O B Y. Yeah, uh, they received special airworthiness certificate for the first one built in California. Company develops, manufactures electric vertical takeoff and landing vehicles. Uh, it doesn't say how they're flying. Okay, okay. I'm I'm looking at their website, jobyaviation.com, and they have a very convenient example of in New York City, they've got a downtown heliport and the JFK airport. They're, they're like drone craft, which does look like it could have a, 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 per, a pilot. Yeah, it I think it's going to have a pilot. It does it in seven minutes when it's like a 50-minute drive. Where do they go though? Like, how do you do? You have to land at a helipad, or can you just land yeah, in the yeah, street? Yeah, yeah, There's going to be a heliport wherever so, they land. So it's not like you can go to the bar and then go pick up a pick up one of these things and have nope. it like take you to your home. And, it's like, like going the to the bus station. Yeah, it's okay. like going to the bus station, and it takes you to a predetermined route. That sounds like it's going to fail. Yeah. <laughs> how many rich people are going to ride the bus? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it's the air. It's the bus through the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you it takes it's you downtown New York to JFK in seven minutes. I mean, that's maybe, pretty sweet. I, mean, I bet that yeah, if you're a rich person that. in New York, it's like fuck it. Like why would uh, I? Why would I sit in a car for an hour when I can just be there and set? But right. Time I well, get done looking at my email. Okay, it says here it can hold four passengers and a pilot. So yeah, definitely be piloted. Um, doesn't look like they're going to be doing passenger operations until 2025, and that's assuming all the test flights go as planned. They previously estimated 2024 for passenger operations, but looks like they're going to miss that. But still a nice milestone. Finally get is, some flying taxis. I'd like to know how much it uh, they expect it to cost. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering too. If they're not paying for fuel costs, just for electricity. Quiet as a conversation. Mm-hmm. Wow, six years, six six electric motors. Okay, yeah. Oh. Hmm. Ooh, Crazy. Hope they have some reserves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't want to run out of batteries up in the air. <laughs> well, if you've got propellers, if they that can tilt vertically, like you'll be able to just use wind to to. I mean, it might be a rough landing. Like a helicopter is actually safer than an airplane because of that. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, because yeah, because it they descends. Could, they could just use the rotors to descend. Yeah, as long as your stabilizer is still working. So otherwise yeah. you're just going to spin around in a circle and <laughs> probably vomit yourself out of existence. <laughs> to, to get your to, to get your helicopter's license certification on your pilot's license, you have to, like, that's one of the things you have to do. They take you, like, way up, and then you have to turn the engine off and la- land it. Woo, anyway. What else uh, you got, Dan? What else you got? You know, uh, I know this is uh, going to be some sad news. For, for some of our listeners there in Ohio. Yeah. Uh, Lordstown Motors has filed for bankruptcy and sued Foxconn. Oh, okay. Why are they suing them? Yeah, yep. They, uh, why, they're suing Foxconn because they're saying Foxconn breached an agreement to invest uh, up to $170 million in them. Oh, yeah, okay. And they're saying that without the, that investment that they were plan- counting on, that mm-hmm. they had to go bankrupt. Okay, because they made their decisions based on the knowledge that they were getting this investment. So, so Foxconn, if they win that case, are they going to stay in business, or are they going to be pretty much done no matter what? I think it's just uh, the the priority shareholders will get their money back as well. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Ray. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, down, yeah. Share, shares t- tumbled thirty five percent on the yeah. Nasdaq. Yeah, um, that's not surprising. Foxconn is saying they didn't breach the contract. They said Lordstown breached the investment agreement when their stock fell below a dollar per share. Oh, I don't know. Is that a normal thing they put in these agreements? Like as long as your stock stays above this price, Uh, they maybe have something like that to just try to make sure they're not going to get delisted. Ah, Oh, right. Right. Yeah. That would be my guess, but, uh, I don't know. Um, so Foxconn saying that they have just suspended negotiations with Lordstown, mm-hmm. and they have the right to pursue their own legal action. So, nah. Uh, see you in court. Yeah. Uh, Man, there's a lot of shit shutting down. I've got a story about that, too. Yeah? Yeah. You ever heard of the social media startup IRL? No. Uh, stands for in real life. Uh, one point valued around one point two billion, but now it's shutting down after an internal investigation found that ninety five percent of its users were automated or bots. Ninety five percent. Yeah, of the roughly twenty million users, ninety five percent. Oh my god, it's Ashley Madison all over again. Yeah, uh, it's just brilliant irony that <laughs> a company named IRL is run by bots. <laughs> 95 percent is so huge the odds of you finding oh my god yeah yeah (laughs) five out of a hundred it makes you wonder how how they managed to hide this for so long and now it makes you really wonder like uh, was musk right when he was uh twitter twitter's claims yeah hmm interesting yeah i wonder how many discord users are bots yeah i wonder Uh, how many how many bots i wonder if i'm a bot I don't know. But yeah, so this this one's shutting down. Another one bites the dust. Wow. You got any uplifting stories for us? Um, Overstock.com is rebranding as best as Bed Bath & Beyond. 
Oh, they took the name after uh, the company went under? Yeah, they bought it. Um, the oh, they did buy it. Bankruptcy court approved their bid for the assets. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Let me see. Did they get Bye Bye Baby? Um, no word on that in this <laughs> this one. They got uh, the website and domain names, trademarks, patents, customer database, and loyalty program data uh, for about $21.5 million. Oh, ouch. <laughs> That's a deal. Oh, God. That's a deal. Yeah. Uh Okay, good that, job, Overstock. Yeah, yeah. So um, they're, they're they're now going under the Bed Bath and Beyond dot com name. Uh-huh. They're no longer Overstock dot com. Uh, they're going live Canada first. Um, they're they're also considering whether and how to reinstate expired welcome rewards points. Oh, nice. Uh, but it's not going to accept any expired coupons. Okay. Uh, that yeah makes sense. They're straight up. They're straight up saying you're going to find a better deal on their site than you would at right. a store with a coupon, and right. that's, that's true. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're going to be live within the next week, uh, which is insane. How fast yeah. that's going to be? Like they yeah, must. No they must have. Been, see, they knew they were eyeing this. Uh-huh. I don't think their team is just this fast. No, no. This. I wonder if this is the one that uh, Cohen was trying to get to buy. Bye, uh, bye, baby. Or one of the suitors mm. that he was trying to get them to sell to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they they specifically did not purchase any of the stores. So boom, mm. the name so. lives on. Uh, that's actually, I mean, that's actually kind of uh, bullish news for Overstock.com, in my opinion. For Overstock, yeah. I don't know what happens to my the last of my Bed Bath and Beyond shares. That I'm still holding on to see what happens. Oh, oh. Mm. <laughs> mm. I like I said, I made my money on that. Anyway. I'm not worried about it. OSTK. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For the win. For the win. Oh, okay. Foreshadowing. <laughs> All right, should we do some crypto? All right, let's talk about some crypto. I got some crypto in my wallet. Hanging out on my Ethereum blockchain. Yeah, I got. Crypto in my wallet. Some Doge, Sushi, Polka Dot, NFT. Decentralized, anonymized, fabulous cryptocurrency. Uh, Dan, I got a little burned out on crypto um, after. Uh... After fucking up our pet pick. <laughs> so you, yeah, yeah I, I, I didn't pay too much attention to what was going on in that space. Um, mm-hmm. You got anything to, to bring up? Yep. Yep. I got a couple of different stories. Oh, OK. Um, ongoing uh, SEC, the Security Exchange Commission drama. I got two SEC stories that have to do oh, nice. with crypto. Uh, Coinbase Global. Or mm-hmm. coin, C-O-I-N. Uh, they said on Wednesday that the SEC doesn't even have authority to sue them. Well, they might have an argument. Yeah. If they haven't yet even defined crypto. How can... So huh. a key part of what the SEC is saying is 13 of the cryptos traded on Coinbase are securities. And Coinbase, this is their first response to, the, to this lawsuit from the SEC, said all of those tokens named by the SEC are not securities and fall outside of their scrutiny, including uh, a, a ADA, SOL, and MATIC. Uh, uh-uh. That's uh-uh. uh-uh. basically uh-uh. the legal argument. <laughs> no, uh-uh. you're wrong. No, we, we, get to, we get to tell you what to do because of those 13 cryptos. Those are securities. Uh-uh. No, they aren't. No, they aren't. I know you are. What am I? What am I? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And to quote uh, the company, because as a matter of law, none of them are securities, uh, the claim must be dismissed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Their stock. Mic drop. <laughs> Mic drop. Their, their, their stock uh, was up one and a half percent on the news. Oh, so people believe that argument. So uh, as we as we know, like the question of what exactly is a security is a big part of what the SEC's struggling with right now. Right, right. Uh, in 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 the fact that they're actually entering court is they're they're trying to carve out the definition before lawmakers because lawmakers have been dragging their heels. So right. the SEC is gonna is they're just like, all right, power vacuum, we'll fill it. 
right? I feel like that's what's happening. Yeah, they're going to have a hard time with that if there's like these are the cases that are going to set precedents. Then, right? If there's no governing anything like to to tell people how to handle this stuff, like these are going to be the cases that set that precedent. Yes, and that is how the country used to work with legal precedent. Right. That is yes, yes. No word if we will continue that <laughs> going forward. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm I'm shrugging here. Like, yeah, that's how we used to work. Like these court cases would establish precedent and that's just how it would be. But now precedent just means go to a different judge. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. So we'll see. (laughs) We'll see if SEC pulls it off. Uh, They've they've this is this is one of 15 different uh, charges they've made in 2023. Yeah, they've been they've been going ham on crypto. Right. like on the one hand, you'll be like, okay, you guys need to define this shit before you start going nuts. But also like FT, FTX, uh, Binance, all these other ones, they didn't really help themselves either. Three arrows capital. Yeah. Yeah. Some regulation might've saved some people a lot of money. Exactly. So mm-hmm. yeah, don't get off your high horse. <laughs> you need some kind of regulation. Maybe work together with these people to figure out how to do it right. Dude. Like you get involved then you get to help have, be part of the conversation and help, you know, help shape it. Yeah. Yeah. There's other ways to do that rather than being the other party in a lawsuit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and it's not like Gensler hasn't been talking to Congress and mm-hmm. saying we need, there's no market regulator for these crypto exchanges. Come on. guys. Right. Right. Yeah. But he's you know, asking for it. Eh, I think he's right to make some moves. Congress isn't going to get get around to it. Come, not surprised. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what was your other story? Uh, the SEC. Uh, remember, remember BlackRock and Fidelity Bitcoin ETF applications. Yes, going into the uh, SEC is uh, called them inadequate. Oh, saying the applications aren't sufficiently clear and comprehensive enough. I mean, that's just crypto in general. Try again, pal. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what do you want to do? You, what is just, this thing? <laughs> uh, what is Bitcoin? <laughs> my yeah, my translation was they were like, this doesn't do a good job of defining uh, cryptocurrencies and right. securities for us. <laughs> could you could you write this a little better so then we can go tell the public this is yeah. why we're doing what we do? <laughs> Please resubmit. And explain like I'm five. <laughs> exactly. Well, at least the like the one thing I was scared to see was that uh, gray. Um, God, what was the name of that? Uh, the Grayscale. one that had, yeah, Grayscale. The one that had the uh, the Bitcoin ETF, I think it was. Yeah. Like them being like trying for gears to get a spot price one going, and then BlackRock just enters in. I was going to be kind of pissed if BlackRock just yeah. pops in and gets it like you know this week. Like, <laughs> um, apparently the the big thing that's big setback is the uh, SEC doesn't think that they're doing enough to manage their, quote, surveillance sharing agreement, the mm. thing that they're going to use to try to deter fraud manipulation. Uh, okay. They want to make sure the fund issuer is monitoring market trading activity and mm-hmm. the clearing and the customer identity. And it's all about anonymity. So yeah, they probably did not submit stuff that was like, yeah, we'll log all everybody, all right. the identity. Um <laughs> The SEC said everybody that's applied for Bitcoin ETFs have fallen short in this particular regard. And it's mm-hmm. got to be the anonymity. That's my my interpretation. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I can see that being a problem. It would be really good for it would be really good for uh, cryptocurrencies if we were able to start getting these kinds of uh, of ETFs on the exchanges. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think so, too. It would really, uh, it would just bring so much more money to the die, motherfucker, die! Oh, you treacherous fuck! The, the black spot was from me. God damn it! <sighs> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice, very nice. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Okay, I guess I guess we could do good penalty now then. <laughs> Um, my, my good of the week, uh, sorry to pivot so abruptly guys, hundred <laughs> percent lucrative trade score this week. Hell yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Eight of eight. All oh my eight God. Trades. Kyle, that's wow. Yeah. I think that's my record. Well done. Thank you, sir. Holy Thank you. shit. Well done. 
I had a 50% win rate, and I think I closed with uh, somewhere around like 50 or 60 points. I only traded Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Um, I took it slow uh, to start the week. I don't remember what exactly had happened, but uh, I don't know. I just felt, uh, felt pretty good going back and looking at that. Much better than the profits, much better than the PL, knowing that I hit that one metric that I was really wanting to try to shift everything over to. Right. That's the, that's the killer metric right mm-hmm. there. Yep. So, That's the killer so, metric. Feeling real good about that one. Uh, what about well you, man? Done. I I had uh, I went camping, so I didn't even trade Thursday. You didn't trade all week until today, uh, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, I went camping. I got back Wednesday. I didn't trade Thursday mm-hmm. because uh, uh, I I woke up, turned on my computer, and was like, I'm too fucking tired. So I just let it uh, run so I could replay the day. Uh, anyway, traded Friday. Had a had a pretty Pretty, pretty good morning yeah, and did. shut it all down journaled uh well didn't shut it down journaled and then um switched to getting high and playing video games to reward myself for you know hitting my target <laughs> of course uh but this as time, is tradition as is tradition this time i'm on the laptop right because we're playing that starcraft game and i'm trying to level up a third player right. that i created another account whatever uh i'm grinding and i leave up everything i've got all three screens now are still on the charts and i'm like oh okay wait a minute this is great Mm -hmm. i'm able to watch and i I can just fucking i don't have to take a trade like i can just be like oh look this is this is interesting i just want to watch this area right so like it all sudden became one of those watching challenges where like every i don't know a couple minutes i'd glance over and see like oh have we moved in my area Mm -hmm. we moved in my area uh and then we got we got to a level i was like oh shit no i am i am gonna trade right (laughs) And I open up my Apex account, which I, you know, I was up uh, 19 points on yep. the day. Um, and I get, I, I get the Dom open, and then my heart starts to beat. Oh, yeah. And I minimized it, and I went over to Sim on Sierra Chart, and I entered that trade that I, that I wanted to make on Sim instead of, instead of live, right? Uh-huh. And then, and then I'm watching it, and then I calm down, and then I get in the zone, and then I'm watching it, I'm watching it, and then I start to see what the the on trend avail uh, opportunity, uh-huh. the on trend opportunity starts to jump out at me, and I went, oh, and I check my set score, I'm calm, I'm in that master trader's mindset, I open Apex again, and I enter the trade, and I hit it. Except the opposite direction of what you're trying to do initially. The opposite direction of what my initial thought was of what the trade I would have made yeah. if I hadn't stopped myself and said, Dan, your heart is beating, which means you are emotionally charged. That's a great point. Emotionally charged. Stop. Wow. And I managed to do it. And I was like, yeah, I was telling Jamie Lynn before she left for work. I was like, that's my good for the week. When I go on the podcast, uh-huh. that was amazing. Like, I'm like, you don't understand how big that was. That was huge. What what I was what I did today for myself. I got self-growth. goosebumps hearing about it. That's Ooh. amazing. Ah, uh, I've never like I've always just made the bad trade and been like, oh fuck, I gave it gave some back. Yeah, still, yeah. Still was green, but I threw that contract on there at a bad point. You know, I only did one contract. Right. I only made, only made a a couple points before I I had to get pulled away. So I was just like, all right, flatten for the bonus points. It it, yeah. it would have hit my take profit, but um, I had to take care of some other things right uh, right right <laughs> <laughs> as it were um but anyway uh i that was huge i felt like that was a huge growth moment for me yeah huge growth moment for me and that's and awesome excited to share that with you so yeah you used your heart rate as a as what it indicated to you that that was my indicator like dan yeah 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 you're emotional already about this trade you're already emotionally invested i've noticed that before I, i'm gonna have to start paying attention to that too yeah yeah i yeah. like that i like that a lot like whoop whoop back off Make yeah. the trade, but do it in sim. And then because I did it in sim, I'm staring at the dom, right? Right. I'm like, I'm going to manage this like a real trade. And that's that's when I saw the on-trend opportunity. And honestly, like, isn't that what you're supposed to do when you start? That's the much better opportunity, yeah. Just right? only stick with trend? It was a fucking bullish trend from the Globex. Yeah, you might as well have the wind at your sails, right? Yeah. Rather than fighting it. Yeah, yeah. Good, good Great job, dude. Great Thank job. You. Thank you. All right. Well, I did have a bad. I don't think I had an ugly, though. Um, my one bad that I wrote in was just the lack of patience on entering positions. Um, mm. I I had a good 
week, but I could have had a better week, I think. Less heat, uh, just less stress overall if I had stuck with my original inclination of, like, I want to enter, I should be entering here. Like, 86 should have been my entry for the short I took. Instead, I entered at 85 and had to have my stop just a tick above the low of day. If I would have had it at the right spot, it would have gotten filled. I would have taken very little heat, not really been stressing, and hit my take profits a lot quicker, too. So I've been I've been noticing that happen quite a lot. Uh, the DOM replays have been helping that, like replaying mm-hmm. those moments. And mm-hmm. Like, oh, there's where I identified. Okay, here's where I want to get filled. Let's see if I get it. And most of the time you do. Um, most of the time you end up getting it. So I think that's yeah. going to be the focus for next week is trying to, to stick with that. Like, this is where I want to enter. This is where I'm going to get it. Maybe I can compromise. Maybe I can split my entries into two, like take one way down there and take one closer if I'm really that concerned about it. But I don't need to be entering full size, like two points away from where my analysis tells me that I should be entering mm-hmm. just because I'm scared. I definitely uh, uh, did the replay this morning. Like yep. I, I added a half hour to my time. I wake up, so mm-hmm. I'm waking up 30 minutes earlier. And uh, I, I did about, I did it at two times the speed but I did the the first so so I did about the first half hour. Uh, yeah. I replayed Thursday morning, um, just to just to to get it, and it's uh, so helpful, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. It really put me in. It helped put me in that master trader mindset. It's like warming up. Like if we were baseball players, it's like having a catch, hitting a couple yeah. of balls. You're warming up before the game. Well, you know what clued me in on this whole idea was you talking about like the amount of time that passes between like when you watched a Vico Dom review, like the longer the time goes between when you watch one of those and when you trade, like the worse you do. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, because we're losing the reinforcement <laughs> of what we're looking for. Right. 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 Yeah. If I watch a bunch of those videos over the weekend, like I come out Monday. Right. Great. Right. So same thing with it. I mean, we're just basically saying, okay, this is what I want to see. I've identified mm-hmm. it from the previous day. I'm going to rewatch it again right here before the day starts. And now I know exactly what I'm looking for. Right. It's really, really wonderful to start mm-hmm. to get to a point where like we can be sitting there trading and watching a level and be like, oh, it's about to break. It's about to break. And then watch it break together. Yeah. Like, that's that's not where we were when we started. You know no. what I mean? Like that's a, this is a big deal. Like. If we keep Big doing deal. that, I'm just going to start marketing in on those two. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Well, those tend to be good breakout areas or definitely uh-huh. pullback areas. Amazing yeah. pullback areas, especially on a trend day. Like trend days, I really like the, the more longer we do this, the more if knowing yeah. how to handle that trend day, Stop you get fighting the trend. So many opportunities. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, do you have an ugly? Uh, no, because I was camping. Uh, probably wanting to to trade options on Monday while I was up on the mountain, a <laughs> uh, little town for, for 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 some snacks and a deck of cards. Just want to get your beak wet. And I was like, oh, I really, really want to. I want to lean on these Rocket Lab options, right? But I chose not to, and probably okay. My ugly is how much I beat myself up for doing uh, the right thing. Right, I did the right thing. Uh, I was like, I'm not going to do, I can, all I'm looking at is the phone. I don't have all my charts, um, right. but I, these calls are cheap right now. And I want to, I want to sweep, so I want to sweep them up mm-hmm. and, and ugh, it was totally the right move. It was. And, and I beat myself up. Uh, it, you can't judge on hindsight, man. Right. I, I've been beating myself up with hindsight. Cause I'm like now rocket labs, they were $6 calls and they're, I mean, they're sitting at six. Mm-hmm. And then Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely the right choice, man. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, well, shit. Should we do a bet then? Oh, is that a thing we do <sighs> here in the China shop? Are we gamblers? Uh, I don't know. Maybe we should, uh, maybe we should just quit. Okay. All right. That sounds reasonable. <laughs> All right. right after we get random a promotion. <laughs> Nah, we're going to wipe right that segment. <laughs> I need it, want to beat it, going to win it if I take it from you. I'm filling my 
positions Quit your bitching, random's gonna lose Got a chart full of levels and a stop That's not too tight It's bet, pick a time in the shop So pick them right Can we just concede? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Dan. I am not touching this one uh, after costing us last month. This mm -hmm. one's all you. Okay. Um, well, I think uh, I think I've been looking at a stock uh, called DLY. Thinking about just going long. Uh, a closed end fund, the double lined yield opportunities. Shit! I was trying to do a random. Oh. <laughs> Uh, actually, you sure you don't want to do this one? I know. Let me, let me pull it up. I haven't even looked at it. I just, Hey, all right. <laughs> this looks a lot like a random stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the tables have turned. Uh, yeah, interesting. All right. It does. It does look like it's about to break out. <laughs> right. Nice little bear call going on. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. All right. Was that really what your plan was? Just throw out a random three digit? Oh, I uh I loaded up uh rayburger.org random stock picker. No. Oh, oh, competing. You're going to made by mm. Ray BB, it says at the bottom. Yeah, it's a different random stock picker site. Yeah. yeah, I I you got to go to your own ringer. I went to mine. Okay, all right. <laughs> so Rando's playing for his job then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, if this pick does so well i'm gonna be so fucking ashamed i feel so <laughs> so embarrassed like like that's what it took that's what it took right sinking to random's level uh well speaking of random then i guess well do you want to put some conditions on that or are you just gonna say 50 percent stop loss and just hope it works yeah 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 that's the condition kyle yeah okay enter that's on right. monday exit on, enter friday. on monday exit on, exit on friday Avoid i know how it's done weekend uncertainty I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm only going to do this so long before I learn. <laughs> right. All right. I'm trying to get a, oh, interesting. DLY, you son of a bitch. No, not quite. Um, P-A-S, uh, P-A-A-S, Pan American Silver Corporation. Paws? Like the Easter eggs? Are they Easter? Uh, not familiar with those. Paws Easter eggs. <laughs> P-A-Z. Anyway. No. <laughs> ah! Huh. Yeah, I'll take it. Okay. Fuck you, random. Yeah. Look at that. Course. Bang it on that low, like you're ready to just fall out. Of course, maybe maybe ours will reverse, and and this one will both reverse. And uh well, it's just at the bottom of distribution, hasn't fallen through. Shit. I don't know. But if we're gonna beat random, we're gonna have to take a page from his book. Okay. Okay. That's that's how you get better, right? We have to learn the lessons. Well, guess yeah. what? Flipping a coin works. <laughs> okay then <laughs> <laughs> it's good enough for Bostic it's good enough for me <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm hoping well, maybe I should make one maybe I should get like a really cheap suit from a goodwill and be like hi everybody I'm Bostic's <laughs> financial advisor <laughs> sign up for my newsletter Flip a coin. Buy a I spot. flip a coin. I blind enter on Monday, always out on Friday. No worries over weekend. No worries over weekend. <laughs> I love it. All right. Okay. Uh, oh, oh. That was the quickest bet pick I think we've ever had. Yeah, right. Piece of cake. We're going DIY. Random is P-A-A-S. Yeah. Oh, thanks for sticking around to the end of the show with us, folks. We always have a great time, and we're so glad you join us. It's just uh, so amazing. Yeah, Kyle, uh, what? Uh, any any parting advice for the listeners today? I just ask that on your way out, uh, hit that five star rating like it's the plunger for the grand finale of your Fourth of July display. Take care. Ooh, Topical. <laughs> Yeah, happy trades.
Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades. Oh, I thought you were going to do the whole thing. Goodbye, everybody.